0: We're not really seeing a a decrease at all. In fact, we're probably seeing an increase in the number of people investing in the US, quite simply because of the availability to do so.
1: Welcome to Investing in the U.S., an Aussie's guide to U.S. real estate, a podcast for international investors and real estate entrepreneurs looking to break into the U.S. market. G'day, g'day, Reid Goosens here and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the U.S., an Aussie's guide to U.S. real estate. I hope you're having a great day. Thanks for dropping by and tuning in and continuing to grow your investing knowledge of U.S. real estate. Each week, we come to you live from Los Angeles, California, talking about all things related to U.S. real estate investing and how you too can successfully break into the U.S. market as an international investor just like I did. Each episode, we'll be interviewing industry leaders, real estate entrepreneurs, and good old-fashioned go-getters who can help provide you the tools to start successfully investing in the U.S. So let's get into today's show. On today's show, we are discussing all things related to transferring your money in and out of the U.S. and how it can be used as a second tier to make money on your U.S. real estate investments. The gentleman in the hot seat to answer all the questions is Stephen Hughes. G'day, Stephen. Welcome to the show.
0: Hi, Reid. Good to be here.
1: Stephen is the head of private clients and partnerships for AFEX Global Payment and Risk Management Solutions and has over 10 years' experience in the foreign exchange markets. Formerly from the United Kingdom, Stephen now resides in Australia and helping investors with their international investments and transactions. A little bit about AFEX, or also known as Associated Foreign Exchange. It offers a comprehensive range of international payment and foreign exchange services, including foreign currency drafts, wire transfers, risk management tools, and designated corporate account managers. AFEX handles every aspect of clients' foreign payment needs, from risk consultation to transaction execution. So, Stephen, before we get into this, to the world of foreign exchange markets, can you tell the listeners something that most people might not know about you unrelated to the Forex industry?
0: Well, when I'm not in the office, I spend a couple of nights a week hosting trivia nights in, yeah. in a couple of the local pubs we have here in Sydney. So we'll, nice, nice. So that's something people might not want to know and uh, they <laughs> might want to. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I enjoy it.
1: Which, which, which pubs and which part of
0: Sydney? So I do one on a Monday night in Paddington in mm-hmm. the Light Brigade, if anyone knows. it, And on a Thursday over in Manly, across the water at the New Brighton Hotel. And Fantastic. yeah, we get a pretty good crowds. It's pretty good fun.
1: Cool, 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 cool. I'll have to, uh, when I'm back in Australia, come down for one of your trivia nights. Sounds like fun. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so with that being said, can you give the listeners a little bit more in-depth look at your background, where you came from, and what motivated you to get into the foreign exchange currencies?
0: Yeah, well, I suppose before I got into foreign exchange, I, I worked in, uh, in recruitment, which is, you know, a number of transferable skills is the ability to communicate effectively with people on the phone. But I started to get very fed up in London with arranging interviews for people who didn't turn up because it was rainy or trains were delayed. And, you know, fundamentally, them not getting the job was affecting how much I was earning. So I looked to find a role in a, in a commodity that was always going to be there. And, and foreign exchange is. So I started with a, a small firm in the UK back in 2003, really at the time when uh, the, the, the nature of the, the short European flights was taken off with companies like Ryanair and EasyJet. And it meant that Brits, who were struggling to, to get on the property ladder, were looking at other opportunities to invest in real estate. And they were doing that in France and Spain and Portugal. And the company I was working for built up a, uh, a very decent place in the market, helping people navigate that foreign exchange market, both the initial purchase of currency... And then managing an, an international income. And two or three years ago, I was approached by, by Apex, who they're a global, global company with offices in London. But to replicate what I was doing in Australia with the boom in Australians who were looking to do a similar thing, you know, couldn't afford to buy property locally. So we're looking at other avenues and other opportunities. And to, to this day, it's been pretty successful being over here nearly three years. And, yeah, love it.
1: Fantastic. So giving up the entrepreneurial spirit to come and join another larger corporation, how, did, how was that pill to swallow?
0: It's a, it's a different animal all the time, you know. Where in a smaller company, decisions can be made a bit quicker, but with a larger company, you get all the benefits of of, of that size and the volume and the, and, the, and the power that gives you. It means that we can actually offer clients a much more wholesome, much more varied, and much more complete service. So it's, it's it's great for my clients. Fantastic.
1: So, listeners, uh, the today's theme is really about how to transfer your money in and out of the United States, and. One of the biggest questions I get asked is, how do I get my money into the United States legally to be able to buy my investment property? So, Stephen, this is a massive piece of the puzzle as an international investor, getting your money into the U.S. And I know I struggled with it when I first moved here and, you know, I wanted to buy my first piece of real estate. I had money in Australia and I didn't know how, to, how it all worked. And if I was going to make money on the transaction, I was going to lose money on the transaction. So can you walk the listeners through exactly how it works with AFEX getting their money from one country into the U.S.?
0: Yeah, and, and in reality, we've, over the time that we've been helping people with the U.S. investment strategy, we've streamlined the process more and more so as, uh, as we get a better understanding of what people are looking to do. But in its most simple terms, clients can open an account with Apex. It's free. It doesn't obligate them, but it just means that we, we know who they are and we've identified them in regard to sort of anti-money laundering rules and the like. But once that account's open... It enables clients to actually instruct me to buy currency on on their behalf. So whether that's once they've found a deal and they know that they've got to find 40 or 50,000 U.S. dollars, whatever that figure might be, or that they want to buy some U.S. dollars in advance of looking for the deals, we can do that for them. So we buy that currency on their behalf, and then all they need to do is a domestic Australian dollar transfer to our account in Sydney. So in the same way as you were sending money to a friend or relative, you can do it online, you can do it by going to the bank, you can even do it by BPAY if it's easier for you. But once we've got those funds and they're in our account, that means the U.S. dollars are available for us to send on. And one of the benefits of, like you said, being a global company is those U.S. dollars are then sent from our accounts in New York directly to the account that the client needs money to go to for either deposits or settlements on investments. And it means that we can, in reality, do a a transfer and get money in the right place the very same day. So a deal I would have done this morning with a client, if they paid me early enough, we'd release the dollars on today US time, so they complete on properties pretty quickly. So it's nothing more difficult for uh, for an Australian-based client than just agreeing a deal with me and doing a, a domestic transfer. And we we take control of the rest of it for them.
1: Right, right. And and so then you could transfer it directly into an escrow account of that closing property, uh, so to speak? Yeah,
0: either to a client's own account, an escrow account, or a conveyancing solicitor. Whoever they're going to be using to complete on that, that investment for them, we can send it directly to their account okay, with so all the associated references that are required so it can be Picked up and identified straight away, and that deal could be closed as quickly as possible.
1: Right, right, right. Now, is there any associated legality issues? You know, you you just mentioned a little bit before that you you sort of fill out a two-page document, make sure there's no fraudulent activities. But is there a limit to how much I can transfer in and out of the United States? And what are the sort of tracking mechanisms that you guys use to help you know avoid the fraudulent activities?
0: Yeah, I mean one of the critical things, particularly when you when you first buy in the currency, is that we would require the client's money to come from their own account or an account mm-hmm. associated to them. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't if we open an account, say for you, for example, Reed, yep. we couldn't accept money from a friend or a relative or a stranger. So the money has to be transparent and sent electronically through through the banking system. But there isn't any. There's not a limitation in so much as how much you can uh, you can invest in the US at the moment. And most people do it through an LLC, a limited liability yep. company that they set up over there, which I'm sure gone through in, in some <laughs> of the other information that you give out. And then you're yeah, obviously bringing it back. You can go through exactly the same process. So you can have your US dollar income, whether it's rental income or from a sale of an investment further down the line, you can have that paid directly back through APEX. And repatriate it into, uh, into your own account locally.
1: Right, right. And is there any minimum uh, amount of money that I, um, uh, amounts of money I need to be transferring in any one particular currency to the US?
0: No. Um, like I said earlier, once you, the account with AFEX means you're not obligated to do anything. So clients quite often will buy one or two investments very early on in the process and they'll start earning money for them. And, you know, it might be that they have a couple of transfers to do annually, whether it's paying taxes or repair bills, that sort of thing. So we can pretty much accommodate whatever someone needs to do. The only thing that we don't deal in is cash. So if people are going to go on holidays and they want a few hundred US dollars to spend or if they're going to go to, to Bali and want the spending money, we don't deal in physical cash. Um, so as long as we've got somewhere we can transfer it, then we can accommodate that for them.
1: Right, right. And that sort of leads me to the next question, which a lot of international investors tend to have a bit of a stumbling block. And I know the United States has tightened its belt a little bit. And that is opening a US bank account. Now, yeah. You you said before that it needs to be into a designated account from whoever the client tells you to transfer it to. So can you help international investors with starting a U.S. bank account or, or, or has recent changes in the law made it harder for people to do that?
0: Yeah, it's not good news, I'm afraid, Reid. Um, it, it, it is becoming increasingly difficult for non-residents in the U.S. to actually open bank accounts. In, in the last year or so, I don't know many people who've successfully done it without physically going to the United States. Yeah. But the, the facility of using a, a currency broker like Apex is that we do offer clients the ability to, to receive funds globally. Mm-hmm. So by having our bank account in New York, a, a, a property manager who's managing a rental property for you can pay their rent directly back to your Apex account. Okay. And similarly, if you're if you're selling a property and you've got the you know the net proceeds and you need somewhere for your solicitor to pay it back to, again you can collect that in your AFEX account, and you're not obliged to do anything with it at that point. You can keep it as US dollars when you're looking for your next investment. Or similarly, if you want to wait for the exchange rates to move further in your favour so you can uh, benefit from the, the increase in return for you. But yeah, what we really look at is it's an alternative to US bank account now as opposed to, to actually finding one. And that, that, that's really as far as it's got. And I can't see it getting any easier in the future. If anything, it'll probably just become more difficult and, and services like ours become more relevant in the US investment vehicle.
1: Well, that's where I come in and my business helps international investors invest in the United States and we take on part of the risk and part of that risk is that we open up a a business account here because we're based in, in the US. So, that's And that's
0: exactly of, what it is. Because you're there and you're, you know, domestic in the US, you have facilities to be able to do stuff. Exactly. But someone trying to do it from Sydney or Melbourne or Darwin wouldn't be able to without the help of a company like yours. Exactly,
1: exactly. So, Stephen, as the US currency continues to strengthen, are you seeing less or more investments into the US, even if a country's currency is weaker against the greenback, in particular in terms of US real estate?
0: We're not really seeing a, a decrease at all. In fact, we're probably seeing an increase in the number of people investing in the US quite simply because of the availability to do so. Right. You know, I, I live in Sydney, so I know what you know. high property prices is like, but it's a similar story across much of Australia now that people who want to invest in bricks and mortar are finding they're unable to just because the price point is too high. Whereas looking to invest what I would call a more reasonable amount of money, they can actually get some really good assets and investments in the U.S. So despite the um, U.S. dollar rate coming down fairly significantly over the last two or three years, it hasn't diminished the appetite for people looking to invest in bricks and mortar. And in reality with the, the Reserve Bank of Australia and still hinting that they want to have a, a further weakening to the Australian dollar. If you were to buy currency now and, and in six months' time, there's every chance it's going to be more valuable for you than it would be today anyway. So a downward moving market is good for an investor because you're going to buy higher than you're, you're bringing your returns back, which is exactly what you're looking to do. Right,
1: right, right. And that sort of leads me to my next question. Is another common question that I get asked a lot, and it's more of a statement. And the statement is that, "Read, am I – Why would I want to transfer my money into American dollars if I'm going to lose it on the front end or lose, say, 25%? So, Stephen, how would you respond to those sort of investors who are concerned about a falling or a rising uh, greenback?
0: It does feel a bit like that, doesn't it? If you're Mm -hmm. going to give away one Australian dollar and only get 70 US cents, it feels like you're losing 30% of your money. But in reality, you aren't. You're just buying a different commodity. So in the same way as oil and gas prices all have variations – Currency does too. You know, if I was going to go on holiday to uh, to Thailand and get 25 Thai baht for every dollar, it doesn't mean my money's worth 25% more. In, in the same way as if you move your money to the US, getting 70 cents doesn't mean it's worth 30% less, because what? when you convert it back to Australian dollars, you're going to get the majority of it back at, 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 at your hundred dollars that you started with. Psychologically, it's sometimes hard to get you know get over that barrier, mm-hmm. but in reality, that's not the case. You know, a, a commodity is a commodity, and it's fluctuating in value all the time if you were to sort of buy $1000 today and convert it into us you'd get 700 if you converted that 700 back to australian dollars you'd get virtually your $1000 back straight away so it's just moving one one thing for another
1: right and so that leads me into my third question is that are you seeing any uh, strategic moves from international investors you know buying U.S. real estate, keeping their eye on the U.S. dollar in comparison to their own country's currency? And, and are they trying to use it as a sort of a double-pronged investment approach? As you sort of said before, proceeds from the rental property or the sale could go into the Apex account, and that could sit there, and you could pull the trigger, you know, as the currency falls or rises, you know, depending on what sort of strategy you're looking at.
0: A hundred percent. And people who've been investing in the last, you know, three, four, five years have done extremely well. You know, when I first came to Australia the US rates were at parity or above. And people who were buying currency then and then are selling assets now or have rental income now, yeah, they've seen a 30 35% increase just on the value of the currency they bought and sold. Now, I don't recommend looking at that as, as a strategy alongside US investments. All the time you've got two variables, you know, what you don't want to do is winning with one and losing with the other because you end up where you started. But it is something to take into consideration. Certainly when you're, you're looking at property investment, that should be where you're looking to get your returns. And let the currency bit be, be advantageous for you if it is, or similarly, if you're worried about it, there are ways that we can protect people against adverse market movement so they know what they're going to be returning on a, on a monthly, quarterly or annual basis.
1: Mm-hmm. And so we want to talk a little bit about how you help what you just said on, you know, help strategically transfer your money in and out of the United States and protect you from a rising or falling greenback, depending on what the client wants.
0: One of the contract types we offer is, uh, it's called a forward contract. And what that allows people to do is to lock in exchange rates similar to where we would be today for anything up to 12 months in the future. So if you're early in the process of looking at U.S. investments and you want to know exactly how many U.S. dollars you're budgeting for with the amount of Australian dollars that you've got, then we can lock in and secure an exchange rate that tells you that exactly. So if you're negotiating over two or three days the value of this first investment you're going to make, that you might save two or $3,000 over that process. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know the exchange rate, and it goes down even by 1%, all those gains that you've negotiated could be written out overnight with a, with a movement in the exchange rate. Right. By knowing the rate you've got and knowing what you're budgeting to, Every, every US dollar you're saving as part of that negotiation, you know exactly how many Australian dollars that's saving you at the same time. It's a really powerful position to put yourself in. So I was going to say similarly, if you've got a US dollar income that's servicing you know, a loan or an offset mortgage in Australia and you want to get some firm commitment of how much money you're going to get back, we well, can do the, the, exactly the same thing in, in the other direction. So guaranteeing a rate for you to sell US dollars back to Australia so you've got a regular income that you know exactly what it's going to be.
1: Stephen, so you mentioned before that you're seeing a lot of Australian investors exchange their money into U.S. real estate. How have you seen it change since 2008 where, as you were saying, or, or even 2009, 2010, when the Australian dollar was on parity or better, so you're transferring into U.S. dollars, you're getting more U.S. dollars per se, but the properties were still cheap. So, And then now as the Australian do, uh, dollar falls, are you seeing any sort of change in investors' mindset?
0: Only in the same way as domestic investors change tactics and, and locations and regions. Yeah, we do see sort of some dynamic movement around where people are finding the investments they want to look in. So whether they're moving geographically or the type of property. So only the natural variation you would see as, as a market develops. When we're looking at 08, 09, you're very much at the, the bottom of, of where property prices dip to in the US. And certainly we're seeing them go up in certain areas and in different areas by, by different amounts. But it really is about that. It's where, where the deals are, where they can find rental population who are looking for, for, for properties that, that people own. And, and it, it's only as dynamic as it would be anywhere else.
1: Again, we're going back, a little bit back to timing of the, of the market cycle. And I know foreign exchanges are just as cyclical as the real estate market. So are, is AFEX helping their clients look at certain markets and time you know, the, the cycle and, and how are you advising your clients on certain cycles around both from US real estate to other international currencies to, you know, everything in between?
0: Yeah, well, the good thing is to start with as, a, as a, a global broker and a commercial broker, an individual coming to us will benefit on any particular day by getting the commercial rates of exchange that we offer our large multinational companies. And that can be a saving of anywhere from sort of 2 to 5% on what they get from going to their bank. Okay. So they're better off it from day one. But more importantly, because we're a specialist broker and that's all we do, uh, we get access to insight and market commentary and put together our own views and opinions on, on the market and what's the driving factors. Going into 2016, we're going to probably see a cycle of the U.S. raising interest rates mm-hmm. and the possibility of, of, of us seeing rate cuts here in Australia. And that would generally lead to a further weakening of the Australian dollar. So, so for people who are looking to invest next year, that forward contract where you can protect rates where we are now is something they may want to consider. In the, in the knowledge that a rate going down further would increase their returns on, on U.S. dollars coming back to them. So that sort of insight is what we give clients on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis, depending on what's happening. And if we see market sentiment change dramatically, then we make sure clients are kept up to date with that sort of knowledge as well, so they can make informed decisions about what to do with their money.
1: I know that I'm a receiver of your weekly, also monthly newsletters. It's a great little read-up on foreign currencies and what's happening in the world these days. But Stephen, as you know, many of your international investors out there know, and you just mentioned You know, I think you said four or five percent. You know, the foreign exchange markets make their money by buying currency from me uh, at a cheaper rate and then selling it to someone else. Can And I know that I scoff sometimes when I walk through the airport at those little foreign exchange booths and see what they're offering me for my currency. Yeah. <laughs> do, but how does AFEX differ? And I know you just briefly touched on it before. And are you offering competitive rates? And with the sort of long-term strategy, if you do a 12-month future, uh, is that a different rate to what you're getting, uh, you know, from a day-to-day market currency?
0: Yeah, I mean, in its most simple terms, you know, it's all about covering cost. We buy in in a huge volume, so the price that we can buy at is pretty competitive. But we've got, you know, 16 offices globally. We've got one in Sydney, one in Melbourne, one in Perth. Generally, our overheads are a lot less than someone, you know, one of the high street banks who's got, you know, 40 branches in Sydney and 30 in Melbourne. So, because our overheads are that much less and we don't have a a fleet of shareholders who are expecting returns, we can make less on every dollar that we convert. Thankfully, we can pass those savings on to our clients. So that's really where the saving comes from, just that we don't need to take the same spreads as, as someone like a bank does. Right, right.
1: And I know a lot of Forex companies, and particularly the mobile apps and IT startup, are popping up all over the place. How are you guys keeping up to date and competitive in this you know, the new age of IT and startups?
0: There's nowhere getting around it. It's always going to be becoming more competitive in a marketplace that is is growing. But that's a good thing. It, I mean, it keeps us on our toes and makes sure that, that we're always checking that the service that we're offering clients in an overall package, not just exchange rates, is as up-to-date as it needs to be. And, and really, we're at the forefront of making sure the clients are getting everything they need. To both be aware of what's happening in the marketplace and that satisfies all the requirements of of the sort of investment they're trying to make. One of the simple things is that clients can have money paid back directly into their Apex US dollar account. A year ago, we weren't really promoting that service quite as hard because it was slightly easier for people to get US bank accounts. But as that's got more difficult, we're promoting the solution. And that's really the difference in an online where you're just sort of reacting to a price. To an overall service and having a broker that can look after you and give you that market knowledge that you require. Right, right. So say that
1: I'm an Australian investor and I, I bought a little, you know, cash flowing property in the Midwest somewhere, you know, Kansas City or something like that, and my property manager pays the my rental checks into your Apex account. Is there a way that I can see the money accumulate, or do you send me a statement? How does that work?
0: And, again, we can set it up as per how the client would want it to be either. They can use either myself or one of my team as, as their point of contact. as like mm-hmm. a personal broker. Yep. Drop us an email. We'll respond pretty quickly. Fantastic. Alternatively, we, we do have an online platform called Apex Direct, which is very similar to the online banking you'd use for your, for your normal day-to-day banking, except it shows you more than one currency balance. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you can monitor it on that, and you can you know, send money out. You can convert money. You can take as much autonomy as you want.
1: Fantastic. I know listeners out there that I use Apex on my, all my foreign exchanges, and I've had nothing but the best service so far. So it's been really, really good, and people constantly call me all the time. And Sean uh, Vanderkamp, who was an ex-employee of, of Apex, was definitely the one who introduced me to you, Stephen. And, yeah, very, very good personnel on the ground.
0: Oh, it's great to hear.
1: <laughs> so, Stephen, how do you help international investors buy real estate besides acting as a foreign exchange platform? Do you, and you, do you do much sort of, of the roadshow stuff here in the United States?
0: Bits and pieces. You know, we work with a number of different companies who assist clients with, with, the, with the whole package. And one of the things I was going to say to you is it's about getting all the right people who are experts in their own field. You know, I'm an expert in foreign exchange, but I wouldn't claim to be in areas like setting up LLCs, setting right. up bank accounts. And that's where, you know, we work with, with partners just like you, Reid, who are able to put their expertise in, in different areas of the business. Because right. it is difficult, you know. You're going to set yourself a window of maybe a couple of hours early in the day or a couple of hours late in the day where you can manage your U.S. investments. Yep. But you need to make sure that you've got people who are working really hard for you and are, and are very skilled and the, and, the, and the best in that particular area of the business. So you can have that trust that is, that is happening.
1: I know we talked briefly a couple of months ago that your Apex acts a little bit like boots on the ground in Australia and you can be the connecting person between myself and the Australian investor or vice versa. And, you know, you can be the point of contact there any concerns that an investor may have about their uh, international investment.
0: Exactly that. And, you know, only through my experience of of assisting, you know, four or 500 different clients or couples who are investing in the US, Mm -hmm. I get asked questions regularly in regard to, you know, how do I set up a Skype number? How do I get a U.S. address? It could be all sorts of things. Right. And again, you know, I'm happy that because I'm here during the working day, the people use me and use me as a resource for those questions. And if I don't know the answer, I'm pretty confident I know someone who I can put them in touch with who is able to sort of solve that problem for them. And, and that's what it's nice. It's, it can feel, I imagine, a bit isolated sometimes when you've only got quite narrow windows now to get your business started in the U.S. Right. So having someone on the ground who can talk to them during the working day is a a, a, a nice resource I hear from, uh, from clients, so it's, it's good, good to help. Yeah, I've
1: also heard exactly the same thing with my, a couple of my investors. But that's exactly right. What you said to, back before is making sure you have the right team around you. And as I said in the, earlier in the piece that exchanging your money in and out of the United States is a big piece of the puzzle, and you are the expert in that piece of that puzzle. So hopefully people listening on this show will take the knowledge uh, that you are an expert in your field and you know, come to you for advice on how to get the money in and out of the United States.
0: And equally, if there's anything in there that we haven't covered, obviously, people can feel free to get in touch with me and ask those, those directly to me.
1: Fantastic. So uh, with that being said, what has been the biggest learning experience to date that has shaped your success in the US market in exchanging money in and out of the United States?
0: I suppose one of them is to not spread yourself too thinly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, America is a huge place and it's very easy to, to go online or, or wherever you're going to be resourcing your deals and, and just see, a, you know, something that looks great and it's going to be cash flowing, but you don't know much about the area. So in the same way as whether you're going to invest anywhere, you need to know what the schools are like and are there jobs and are there people looking for the property that you're buying who are going to rent it off you and make it cash flow positive for you. So it is about becoming a, a local expert in the area that you're focusing on rather than you know having it in three or four different time zones. So you'd, you, just, you, you make it too difficult for yourself. Yep.
1: I love that answer. I think that's incredibly true. If you're going to be successful in, in US real estate, you do need to become an expert on one or two markets at max and know yeah. those markets like the back of your hand. And I tell a lot of uh, some of my, my mentees the people that I mentor is that they need to go out and actually analyze 50 deals in a market of you know, it could be Kansas City, it could be te- it could be Houston, Texas, it could be anything, and and just by doing that, you have become so much more knowledgeable about the area, the demographic, and you don't even have then have to walk the you know I still recommend going out and walking the streets of that particular city, but it also gets you being able to talk to talk a little bit. So if someone says, oh, "I I'm going to buy uh, a multi-unit family property for." $50,000 a door, is that good or is that bad for that market? And you can be able to quickly answer that question and know, have no second guess. And it goes back to your th- you're, what you're saying about spreading yourself thin is finding good deals because there's a lot of stuff on the internet with people flogging cheap U.S. real estate, but you got to want you need to know if it's a deal or not. You make money when you buy not when you sell.
0: So that's a little yeah. bit. Of- the thing <laughs> I always compare it to is, is you know when it's sale time in January in, in your local shop, and you see all the clothes that you look and they're all half price and they're, they're good deals. Mm-hmm. They're only as good as you want them. Right. You know, and, and no matter how cheap a property is or how good value it appears, if you're not going to make money from it, it's a bad deal. Exactly. exactly. And that's the fundamental thing. It's very easy at the start of the process to, you know, full of enthusiasm, full of excitement to just jump at the first deal that comes along. And, and it's very easy to, to, to get your first deal as a bad deal and it puts you off. So it's really important that you do All that background work and become that, like you, like we've both said, an expert in the area so you know what you're getting into. Yep. And I, I'm
1: sure you would have seen your fair share of scary stories and, you know, those, those current affair shows that, oh, don't invest in the United States. And it's <laughs> right. Am I right?
0: More, more than I care to mention.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, hopefully this show will help those international investors get on the right path and sort of able to navigate the the jargon and uh, what it, that is, U.S. real estate and sort of exactly the same processes that I went through when I first moved to the United States. So, Stephen. Looking forward, what are you doing to build on your business and
0: grow as a foreign exchange expert? Really, it's about you know, getting out there, talking to experts like you in different areas of the market and making people aware of the services we offer that really do make the whole investing in the U.S. process easier. Mm-hmm. You've got, Investing locally is difficult. You've got to get the right deal. You've got to get the right tenant. You've got to get the right property manager. Adding foreign exchange and banking to that issue does make it more daunting, more difficult. And it's another variable that you've got to take into account. So really it's about letting everyone in the U.S. property market know that services like ours really do take that, that gray area and that uncertainty away. By having an expert in this new part of the puzzle can really let you focus on what you really want to focus on is finding the deals, getting the deals done. Mm-hmm. And that, that's really the information I'm trying to get out there and through networking and you know podcasts like this, making people know we're here in the service we offer.
1: Fantastic, and yeah, that's right. And that's as you said, focusing on the things that you want to do. And that's either you know cash flowing, which is probably what most of your uh, your clients are buying U.S. real estate for, is to cash flow because they yeah. can't cash flow in the in Australia. So love it, mate. So Stephen, with all your experience in the forex industry and in the U.S. market, I know you're primed to give me your top five investing tips. You ready to get into it? Yeah, ready to go. Mate, what's the most successful habit you practice to keep on track towards your goals?
0: Speak, don't email. The easiest <laughs> thing in the world is to get caught up in five or six emails back and forth with someone. Right. The minute you get the three emails, pick up the phone. That's the biggest piece of advice I can give, not just in US real estate, whatever you're doing. If it takes more than three emails to explain something, you're doing it wrong. Right. So pick up the phone, build your personality, let someone know that you. You really are a serious investor looking to get something done, right. and one phone call is worth you know ten, twelve emails. So my number one piece of advice in that or anything is is pick up the phone.
1: Fantastic, love it, love it. So three or more emails uh, and pick up the phone. I'll remember
0: that from now on. <laughs> when <I'm here>
1: to... <laughs> What's the most influential tool you use in your business and
0: why? It's got to be Skype. Um, the ability to either Skype video and actually see who you're working with mm-hmm. or to be able to make free calls. I mean, one of the advantages that, that Australians do is you can actually get a US Skype number. Yep. So when you're dealing with you know, realtors or purchasers or sellers, you look like you're on the ground. You don't look like you look like some guy from Wagga who's calling it <laughs> the other side of the day. You know, you actually look like you're a genuine investor with a business looking to make a deal happen. Yep. And you're much likely to get a better deal out of it. I think.
1: What's the most exciting project you're working on right now?
0: I suppose one of the things that we're doing at, at, at Apex A, you know, we're opening more offices and we're growing as a brand, but we are looking at putting together a, uh, a sort of a card service okay. where, you know, clients are able to, to load money onto a card. So again, avoiding that, that cash issue so that they can pay for, you know, airline flights and hotels and, repair bills and this that and the other. So it's a big development. It's, it's a card payment service and it's very much in its infancy. But hopefully by uh, further into next year, we'll be able to talk to you about that again.
1: Fantastic. And, and it just, just a card service that you're going to offer all your clients or is it a
0: certain name or what is it? Do you know, we've not gone into too much detail with it yet. We haven't really got as far as the branding. It's really working with, again, with the experts, with the partners who are experts in that field who mm-hmm. can help us develop this tool. Because, you know, we were saying that people use the AFEX account to collect that rental income. right? And if they had a card associated with the account, then there is the ability then that they can to look to, to use that money for, for their own use as opposed to just collecting another account. So it's very much at its early stages, but it's very exciting for, for U.S. Invest, investors who can't get bank accounts to be that much closer with the AFEX account. You know, it's not their own bank account, but any additional service that we can add to that is only going to be to the benefit of our mutual clients.
1: Yeah, and as you said, it's becoming harder and harder to get US bank accounts as a foreign investor. So I think that's a great, smart strategy by AFEX because I, I, was very, I was shocked to hear, well, not shocked, but surprised to hear that you can accept money from your broker or from your property manager or from the sale of a property. So it's fantastic. So yeah. Stephen,
0: who's the most influential person in your career? That's a good question. It's got to be my first manager or boss or director in the foreign exchange. It's a guy called Peter Ellis uh, Ellis, from the UK. And he's worked in foreign exchange longer than I care to mention. But (laughs) um, he taught me a a huge amount of things, both in regards to building relationships and the way the market moves and how to position it. And, yeah, I look back and, yeah, the reason I'm in the industry now is probably because of his mentorship very early on.
1: Fantastic. It's always great to have a good mentor early in your career. (laughs) Yeah, so, And the last question, mate, is what's the best U.S. deal you've completed to date?
0: I did a forward contract for mm-hmm. a client up at Parity when, not long after I first started here. Mm-hmm. And he, he booked it for 12 months and got Parity. By the time that he settled on it a year later, it was uh, we were trading down at the very low 90s. So, you know, he was able to negotiate really hard. And he, he knew that he was saving 10% on day one of that property, that he was 10% better off. And that's a lovely feeling.
1: Fantastic. That's a great little uh, –
0: how much did he end up investing? I, mean, I think he used a couple of a couple of hundred thousand Australian dollars. Cool. So you know, if he had bought the currency at the end of that year, he would have either had sort of you know fifteen twenty thousand less US dollars, or it would have cost him twenty thousand more Australian dollars to to end up with the same amount. Right. So it's uh, it's lovely when you uh, when you look at that a year after doing a deal and seeing how successful it's been.
1: Well, that's a great example of that forward contract and how it works. So it's, uh, if international investors are listening out there, keep in mind that forward contract because it can be a powerful tool, as Stephen has mentioned. Uh, particularly with the changing markets. And finally, where can people reach you, Stephen, to continue the conversation?
0: Go to afex.com, A-F-E-X.com. That's our website. My direct number in Sydney, which people are free to call, is is 7654. Mm-hmm. Or email me directly. I'm always on my emails. It's s Hughes, S-H-U-G-H-E-S, at afex.com. And I, I welcome any questions or comments that anyone has.
1: Fantastic. Well, Stephen, you provided some great insider information on foreign exchange and really how easy the process is with the Apex company and getting your money in and out of the United States. Thanks, mate, for dropping by and chatting with us. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll catch up soon.
0: No worries. Good speech, you read.
1: Well, there you have it. Another great crash course on how to get your money in and out of the United States to help you purchase your U.S. real estate investments. And as I mentioned earlier, it shows you another step is a major piece of the puzzle when purchasing U.S. real estate as an international investor and understanding the benefits of owning U.S. cash flowing properties. If you're an investor interested in looking to transfer some money in or out of the United States, drop Stephen an email and I'm sure he'll be only too eager to help you understand how to best complete the transaction. Now make sure you check out all the show notes for a summary of today's conversation with Stephen and any links we mention on today's show. A summary of our conversation will go up online at rsmpropertygroup.com. Remember to click on the podcast tab. Thanks again for taking some time out of your day to tune in and continue to grow your real estate investing knowledge. I hope you got a lot out of today's show. And to continue the conversation with us, follow us on Facebook and Twitter by searching for RSM Property Group. And remember to leave a five star iTunes review below, as we really would appreciate it, as it helps us grow a community of eager international investors wanting to invest in the United States. So until next week, take care, be safe, and remember, Happy investing.